your listening pleasure. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I'm not ashamed. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being my friend. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And my guest today is someone that I met at WordCamp. And yeah, that is kind of as geeky as it sounds, but it was so much fun. And I met so many really terrific people there. And the first one that I met uh, is my guest today. His name is Wade Kwan. Wade, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Deb. Thank you for having me. Great. Well, let me give our listeners a little bit of your background. Wade is a communications consultant and Birmingham Blogging Academy founder. He has written thousands of blog posts and created blogs big and small. He loves to tell stories in person and in print and online as Birmingham's best blogger. The Pointer Institute selected Quan as one of the 35 influential people in social media. Birmingham Magazine readers selected him as best tweeter, two years running in the Best of Birmingham 2010 and 2011 online polls. His site, Magic City Post, was voted best website in the Birmingham's Best 2011 Readers Poll by the Birmingham News. It also won 2011 Green Eye Shade Awards for the best blog and specialized site. So, Wade, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, you know, as I mentioned at the start, I met Wade at WordCamp, and the seminar that I went to that he presented was on storytelling and how we need to really use our blogs and even our tweets and our Facebook posts and all those various things as ways to tell stories. So, Wade, tell us a little bit more about that and why you think that's so important. It's a challenge for companies to get their message out there. I mean, they have so many options. Even I struggle with what to do in terms of where to promote, where to talk about myself or my company or or my services. And sorting through all those options, uh, especially the fact that they're multiplying every day, it just gets harder and harder. Uh, but the, the approach that I talked about at WordCamp, and, and I can appreciate the fact that uh, that they let non-geeks in like me <laughs> to WordCamp, <laughs> They, uh, they're about blogging, they're about content management, they're about using your sites as effectively as possible. They were kind enough to let me uh, do a session on advanced content management, uh, which I'm glad that you came to, and, and talking about storytelling. Uh, with Magic City Post and with other sites I've done, uh, we break it down day by day, you know, post by post, so that we can talk about a particular topic, or a particular product, or a particular service, and, and people can kind of get to know that over time. Mm-hmm. Well, and to me, it really is about telling the story, because that's what makes something interesting. You know, the second we just do a post about buy this product or service from us because, it gets boring, and we turn the readers off. Telling the stories is what makes things so fascinating to people. And, and we tell stories to each other all the time. I mean, we don't call each up, call each up other on the phone and, and just start promoting things. We like to talk about what happened during our day or something crazy 
that happened at the supermarket or so on. Mm-hmm. Our, our fans and our consumers, they're really smart. And to some degree, we've all learned to tune out ads and and commercials and banner ads and so on. And that's not to say they're not important and they don't play a role in marketing, but it's getting harder and harder to get people's attention that mm-hmm. way. Right. But Go ahead. You know, and, and I think we've all seen really good and really bad examples, especially in television commercials. You know, the ones that will suck you in and you really want to watch. I remember, you know, they've, they've stopped doing this, but this was one for several years where they had a man and a woman. And I believe it was, I can't believe it's not butter or, you know, something like that. All you ever saw were their hands. But it was this ongoing story of kind of their relationship. And the butter was just kind of there. But it really did get people to tune in and to to kind of pay attention to them because you got sucked into it and you wanted to see what was happening to them now. Isn't that great how they kind of just draw you in and they're not Mm -hmm. trying to give you the hard sell? Right. And and they're using that element of storytelling where, you know, we don't always just give away the punchline when we're talking to a friend. We say, you'll never guess what happened to me today at work. Mm -hmm. And and you're just waiting for them to say, no, tell me. Tell me right now. Mm Mm-hmm. So how does a, a corporation or a business go about telling stories? Well, the, the thing is they have lots of options. They can talk about it through social media. They can talk about it through uh, any one of those channels, like through Facebook or using YouTube to do a series of videos. Or they could do Instagram to, talk, to show photos of products in development and the people who work on them. They can use their own sites for blogs. And the question is, how many people are going to work on telling that story? How authentic is that story going to be? How, how are we going to parcel this out over time? Because we can't tell the entire story at once. We just don't have people's attention for that long. But if we kind of hook them in, kind of like those hands in the commercial, mm-hmm. and, and keep them paying attention, uh, they they become engaged in it. They, they want to know more about it. And the nice thing about blogging and social media is it doesn't have to be one way that that TV commercial, it's it's one to many. It's just a broadcast. We sit there passively and watch it. We may tell someone about it, mm-hmm. but other than that, we can't talk to the hands and they can't talk back to us. But with this interactive storytelling by by brands and by companies, uh, it's not just us as storytellers. We have an actively engaged audience that can ask questions and influence the story and even maybe change the outcome. Mm-hmm. Well, and of course, what's so critical if, you know, if you're doing this on social media is to get them to want to engage and to become interactive. And that's where that storytelling comes into play, right? Exactly. No audience means no one's paying attention. Mm -hmm. And everyone gets obsessed with the numbers. How many fans do I have on Facebook? How many followers do I have? How many readers do I have at my blog? And they start to lose track of the most basic things like, Am I interesting? Do I have something important to say today? Mm-hmm. Uh, does this reflect well on my brand? Does this advance the story in any way? Mm-hmm. Or is it just another pitch? Am I just hoping that someone will click on something? Am I just hoping someone will, will order something online or come into our store or click on a link? Uh, it's really easy to get lost in, in, in just some of the metrics, but maybe not the ones that matter most in terms of engagement and, and and finding the people who matter the most because what good is it to have a million fans on Facebook if no one cares about your product or is paying attention? Right. Whereas if you have 10,000, 
who are actively engaged and listening and sharing your story and adding parts to it and telling their own stories, that, that could be far more valuable to any company out there. Well, now, if a business is just starting to do this, what process do you suggest that they take? One really basic tool that uh, companies can use is an editorial calendar. Mm-hmm. I come from a journalism background. I've been in publishing for for 20 years in terms of writing and editing and reporting stories. And, and the most basic tool that we use in planning out either a daily newspaper or a monthly magazine is what is known as an editorial calendar. And all that is is whether it's on paper or on a whiteboard or in a Google calendar or, or some kind of shared uh, Word document, you, you chart out day by day or month by month. What are you gonna What are you gonna talk about on day on that day? What are you gonna What are you gonna cover? Who might you interview? What photos or videos or supplemental material might you need? And, and so the starting point is, okay, so if you're looking at it week by week, because you're going to put out one post a week on your blog, uh, you look at the rest of May, so every Monday in May, and then you look at the Mondays in June, and, and you just list them down your, down your, your document, mm-hmm. and then you just start to brainstorm topics either by yourself or with your colleagues and your teammates about what do you think people are interested in? What do they, what do they ask about? Uh, what gets the most clicks? Uh, what's some of the harder things to explain about your product or service? Mm-hmm. How does it save them time or money? And you just start to drill deep into that list and then assign them out to each of those days. And that gives you a basic starting point so that you're not just scratching your head every Monday going, hmm, what should I talk about today? Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, there's there's lots of resources for people in their own businesses. You know, one of the best things is obviously to talk to your sales team, you know, or your salesperson, or you know, whoever, and think about what are those frequently asked questions that people ask about your product or your service. Absolutely, you know, the sales folks are out there uh, pounding the pavement, talking to customers, uh, uh, talking to business owners. You know, they're familiar with the literature, they're familiar with the marketing materials. But in the end, even after they give their their short spiel to someone, they're going to get some interesting questions along the way. Some of them they're going to get 20 times a week. Some of them, you know, they're they're unique and they only get once in a while. But by talking with the salespeople, you can hit those questions up front. You can create an entire blog post around a question. If it's a complicated setup process for your product, you can create a little step-by-step so that it goes beyond the manual that comes in the box. Maybe, maybe some of your customers don't do well with manuals, but they would do better with a chart or a video showing how to unbox the, the product, how to get all the parts out, what tools do you need, a screwdriver or something, and then showing you know a person putting together the, the, the uh, product mm-hmm. in a simple three-minute video how valuable is that to a potential customer to say, you know what, it's not so hard to set up. I think I will purchase that because it will fit all of my needs. Right. You know, and, and when you talk about video, you know, it, it is good to have a fairly professional-looking video, but this is not something that you've hired you know, someone to do. You can do this with you know, some fairly inexpensive equipment and in your own uh, location. Absolutely. The the. Some of the best videos that are out there were shot on camera phones, an iPhone or an Android, 
but they used a tripod, so there's no shaky camera. And they do it in a quiet room, so there's not a lot of background noise filtering into the video. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or maybe they just don't bother to do sound at all, and they just record the images. And then later on, when they're putting together, here's step one, taking out of the box, here's step two, finding all the parts, step three, getting the screwdriver. They just narrate one track once they get the video together, and, and that way the sound is perfect. It's all done in one take. If they want to, they can have a little script in front of them. No one mm-hmm. can tell. Right. And then they have a video that rivals any $10,000 production of doing the same how-to video, mm-hmm. but it addresses the needs perfectly. And if someday the product changes, they can go back and re-edit the video and re-edit the voiceover and, and make it set up for the next line of the products. Right. You know, And people love how-to videos. You know, I think it's probably one of the, the most researched things on YouTube, whether it's how, you know, I've, I've been looking up how to do things with my blog. I'm planning a big trip, and so it's, you know, how to pack two weeks' worth of stuff in a little tiny bag. <laughs> and the, the, the cool thing for me is to know that the people in the video are actually the people at that company or maybe even an end user. This is, this is a perfect example of why I love YouTube as a reference tool. This is, I'm going to address this specifically to whoever made this video seven years ago, but I'm not a mechanic. I have mm-hmm. a Honda Civic. It is 16 years old and I had to, I don't, I don't change my own oil. I just keep the, t- the tires filled and I keep the gas tank filled. Mm-hmm. But I found an obscure part that needed to be replaced. And the part was easily available at the local auto shop. But I couldn't figure out from the instruction manual how to install it. And just by dumb luck, I just kept looking and looking on YouTube. And someone out there filmed a how-to video to install this this widget into a 97 Honda Civic. Not a 99, (laughs) not a 94. Mm -hmm. And by watching that video several times and then having the phone with me uh, while I was working on the car... I got the thing installed in 20 minutes. I didn't have to go to the mechanic. I didn't have to spend half a day, you know, at the at the garage waiting for it to be installed and paying, you know, quite a bit of money to do it. And that was just a it wasn't done by the manufacturer. It wasn't done by by the by the automaker. It was just done by someone out there who knew what they were talking about and knew that someday I or someone else would come along and be able to benefit from it. A very basic how-to how video is telling a story of, of how to overcome some small obstacle. Well, and, you know, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's so cool because it is, as you said, very easy, you know, or, or fairly easy for somebody to do, and it gets shared, it gets saved, you know, all of those various things, but it is definitely the story with pictures. You know, we've all heard that the line, you know, every story tells a, a thousand words, but with a video, you know, it's it's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of words, and it is such a very cool tool for businesses to consider using. And when businesses use video, you know, one knock against video is it, it, it's hard to use it for SEO purposes. And, right. and all I have to say to that is just make sure it's titled correctly. So mm-hmm. how to change this widget on a Honda Civic 1997. Mm-hmm. And YouTube is great because it lets you put in a, a description as long or as short as you want to. So you can describe how you did it and the specific part you used and so on. And YouTube also lets you tag the video and so the tag would be Honda, Civic, 1997, auto, car, repair, mechanic, etc. Mm-hmm. And those 
those doing those little things, which for the average person adds no more than a minute or two. I mean, we're not talking about tons of research. We're just right. talking about filling out a couple extra fields that most people skip. But by doing that, your video automatically shoots to the top 20% of being searched because there's something to search. There's something to latch onto. There are keywords and tags and, and metadata that, that people can find your video out of the billions and billions of videos that are in YouTube right now. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, it's also one of the things that I hear a lot of people say, especially about like a how-to video, is they don't want to have a how-to video because then the person, you know, it, it might be Honda or the person that made your widget, they're going to say, well, they wouldn't come into our place to get it done. Well, you know, if you're helpful, they're going to find that useful. And then when they need something again, they'll come back to you. They, they don't have to worry about me not coming in for a repair because... Just because I could do this one repair doesn't mean I want to do it uh, all mm-hmm. the time anyway. Just right. because I can change my oil doesn't mean I want to spend, you know, the half hour getting dirty during my day and, and you know, doing it when there's there's uh, an oil change place down the street that will do it very quickly mm-hmm. and, and also check the windshield wipers and also check the horn and also check the lights and do all these little extra things. That there are always going to be options to, to what a company can provide, whether it's a product or service. There's always going to be someone cheaper. There's always going to be uh, people who can do it for themselves. But that's not right. the point. The, the point is if you build personal connections with people through your story, through your narrative, through your social media channels, uh, people will be more likely to come back to you because they like you. Mm-hmm. They want to help you. They want to support you. You're going to solve a problem for them that they may not have anticipated yet. Right. You know, you might have given them the video that helped them solve the little problem, but then when they have the big problem, they know who to come back to. Absolutely. You know, and, and video is also great for telling stories for people who provide a service. You know, I'm, I'm a professional speaker. So for me, a quick little video that shows me giving a presentation and quick is, you know, two minutes. Don't, don't bore people here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great way for, you know, someone who provides a service to get what they're doing out there. And people can go back and review it over and over again. So whether it's two minutes long or whether it's 20 minutes long, Mm -hmm. people learn by repetition. Right. And so just because they watch it the first time, they're not going to get everything in the first try. I certainly need to go back and review my notes. And if there were video uh, of a presentation that I attended, I'd sometimes like to go back and look at the video just to see what they were talking about. Or maybe I missed something in my notes just because I can't write as fast uh, as they can talk. Uh, so video is very helpful in not just seeing what someone's doing, but seeing it again and again and again so you can understand uh, the point they're trying to make. Because sometimes it just it takes us a few tries to get something. Well, and it's also important when you're getting ready to do your video to, you know, write it out, determine what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, especially if you're going to be recording that part live, so that you make sure that you don't go from step one to step four to step six to step two, you know, <laughs> all of those various things. And that also gives you something that you can use for people who want to read the process as opposed to write to watching the process. Exactly. Some of us are visual learners. Some of us do better by listening and some of us do better by reading or studying diagrams. And the more of those little touch points that you can hit, the better an audience you're going to cultivate in terms of trying to show off what you know and helping them learn how to do it better themselves. Mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, uh, could be done in terms of uh, the radio archives, uh, which, and forgive me if you're already doing this, but, uh, you know, 
Mile High Radio has archives of your past shows, so I can go back at any point and listen to any of them mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and jump to any point into it in case I want to hear something. But if at some point you decide you marry those MP3 tracks to just a still photo of either your guest or yourself and then upload them to YouTube, then you just have one more distribution point. It's not mm-hmm. a true video, but there are lots of videos that are on YouTube that are just have static shots but perfect audio. Right. And it just gives them another opportunity for people to find that information and to jump to any point in the video mm-hmm. and learn the exact same thing. And I've seen other podcasts and shows and, and interviews done that way where, you know, simp- they, they simply have access to good audio and in, in two minutes they can just add in a picture and now it's a video too. Right. You know, and, and it's, it's so interesting to think about the different ways that people can tell their stories. You know, and, and to me and obviously to you since you're such a good blogger, blogging really is kind of the foundation for all of this. And so if a, you know, how do you talk to somebody who they're thinking, oh, that's a lot of work. I don't have anything to say. Nobody's going to read it. What do you tell those people? Uh, well, first of all, uh, you said the word foundation, and that's the perfect description for the blog. The company owns the blog. They own the site. They own the material. They, they can keep it up for as long as they want to forever and ever. They tend to forget or not realize that when they post something on YouTube or they post something in Facebook, that's on someone else's turf. Right. And so if YouTube changes the rules or goes out of business someday, you lose it. You don't mm-hmm. get it anymore. You can't share it anymore. As long as you – you still have to re-upload the video somewhere else uh, if you still have a copy. So having a blog, having a website is the most basic foundation you can have for, for getting your, your message out there in the digital world. And it doesn't cost very much. Uh, it's easy to set up or have someone set up for you. Uh, but then beyond that, so you asked about uh, the, 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 the average uh, business owner or marketer they're struggling with what to do with their blog. Uh, let me assure everyone out there that that hasn't stopped millions of bloggers from doing <laughs> what they do every minute of the day. Mm-hmm. I've read plenty of blogs where they have absolutely nothing to say, and it hasn't stopped them yet. Right. <laughs> you know, And I think that the thing that so many people, especially when they're first starting out, think is it has to be absolutely perfect. A blog is a work in progress. N- never forget that. There are, you know, I've got a blog that I've had for eight years now, and I've only changed the design once. And that was, I think that design change was six years ago. (laughs) So in my head, I have a list of things I would fix on it if Mm -hmm. I had the time. Mm -hmm. I just don't have the time. It's still functional. People can still get to it. I can still update it, which I do every day. But, you know, the theme's a little out of date. There's some bells and whistles that could be on there that aren't on there. But I live with it, and, and the reason I live with it is, <clears throat> uh, for me, I'm a serial blogger, so I keep adding blogs to my mix, and with each new blog that I launch, I, I kind of get to those bells and whistles that I didn't get to previously. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, I know that the blog that I'm launching today, it's not ready yet either. But if I don't right. launch it, no one will ever see it. Mm-hmm. So I just put it out there. I, have a, I keep another list in my head of what I would like to fix on that blog. But the only thing critical that I ever get to fix is if there's just like a, something broken. You know, you, you go to the site and you can't get to the link because the link doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That got to fix right away. Right. But everything else, you can either outsource it 
just have an expert fix it for you, or you can fix it on your own and just make sure it doesn't cut into your time creating and planning and editing and sharing content, or you can just let it go. I mean, every blog out there is in some different form or another. Some are more advanced than others, but the reality is people aren't coming to go look at how well organized it is or how pretty the fonts are. If they're, they're looking at it to get some entertainment value out of it, they're looking at it to get something they're trying to learn or they're trying to buy something, and if they can't find any of those things, they move on. Right. You know, and, and of course, the cool thing about a blog as it pertains to social media is, you know, one blog post can spawn a whole bunch of posts on social media. It's, it's amazing how social media has, has enhanced blogging and also, uh, perhaps, you know, intimidated some, some bloggers who might start this year who didn't start last year or two years ago. Uh, you write something that, you know, touches people or that intrigues people. And you put it on a blog, and some people might find it, and they might email or let some other people know about it, and that's where it ends. Mm -hmm. But with social media, it's really made it easy for people to just share something that uh, they think their friends might like. And with you know, because in social media, we're all connected to a hundred, two hundred, five hundred people; mm -hmm. they're all going to see it. Now, they may not all click on it, but the ones who do, they might enjoy it, and they might share it with their one hundred. 200, 500 friends, and, and that, that multiplying effect, that, that potentially viral effect, really makes it easier if you're doing something good, if you're doing something interesting. People don't tend to sell, uh, tend to share sales pitches unless it's just something dramatic, like mm -hmm. everything half off or going right. out of business. But unless your model is sustainable where you can have half off or going out of business every other week, you're going to have to have something more interesting for the long haul. Well, now, what if you've blogged and blogged and blogged and nothing's happening? You know, you you really don't have a lot of followers. You have nobody that comments. And I hear that so many times with people because they think, well, nothing's happening, so I'm wasting my time, so I'm not going to do it. Sure. What do you tell those people? So they look at their blog, and, and, and it doesn't look like anything's happening. They've been posting. And, and so there there's a series of questions that I ask because it's different in every case. Uh, the first thing I ask is, what are you looking at in terms of determining how you're doing? Are you just looking at your comments? Mm -hmm. Are you looking at traffic numbers? And how accurate are your traffic numbers? Uh, because, and, and how long have you been doing it? Because if you've only been doing it two weeks, you're gonna need to, you're gonna need to give it a little more time. My rule is six months. You, you've gotta go in there and post regularly for six months. And, mm -hmm. and, and I go back and dig through their blog. If I see that in, the first month they posted four times, and then the second month they posted three times, and then it starts to dwindle down to that sixth month. I know what the problem is. The problem is they just didn't have time to keep up and maintain their blog. They probably were going to do it weekly, and then life and meetings and, and email got in the way, and, and so they didn't post as much. And, and it's really, really hard to build an audience if you're not consistent in your posting, if you're not posting on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you have to post ten times a day. But I would suggest at least once or twice a month just to get the ball rolling. The more mm -hmm. you post, the more likely you'll be able to build the audience. But every audience is different, and you, you learn that over time. But they're trying to build this audience over six months. Uh, and, and so if they're at the six-month mark and, and their numbers are still flat, then we look at some other things. So uh, 
the rule of thumb is once you hit publish, that's not the end of your job as a blogger. Right. The post has been published, but you still need to let people know it's there. And you have, again, lots of options on how to let people know. You might have a mailing list for your blog. Uh, you may have an RSS feed for your blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may auto-post to social media, or you might manually post it to social media. Uh, you might post it you know, within your uh, company promotional material. Uh, you might promote it in your company's podcast or other means. Uh, I mean, there's just so many ways to talk about, okay, these, these are the latest posts on this site. And, and so then we got to go look at every channel and say, okay, well, you've got some good Facebook followers. Why aren't they clicking on it? Mm-hmm. Or you've got some good email subscribers. Why aren't they looking at your blog posts? Mm-hmm. The main thing to keep in mind is if they're doing it consistently and their, their, their numbers are flat, they need to at least take a harder look at both the frequency of posts, the, 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 the numbers that they're measuring it by, and how they're promoting it after they publish it. Because somewhere in there, there's the answer. And, of course, you know, the, the most obvious thing is maybe the content that they're posting isn't the strongest content or certain categories aren't performing well. Mm-hmm. And then we just say, okay, well, what does work and what doesn't work? And let's work on, in, on, on the ones that we know are building an audience. Right. You know, and, and I love the fact that you said that, you know, it's okay to just do a couple of times a month. You know, so many times I hear people that, you know, they, they think first they have to post every day and, you know, they just simply can't do that. Mm-hmm. And even for some people, once a week is difficult. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to, to know that you can start slow and maybe you'll build up to more times, but, you know, I've, I've stopped following some bloggers who obviously made the decision that they were going to post every day no matter what. Mm-hmm. And they post drivel <laughs> because they, they don't really have anything to say, but they made that commitment. And I just stopped following them because when they post things that don't matter, I don't care. And more importantly, I can tell they didn't care about writing it. I, I think people are getting better at sifting out all the noise from the good information. And so with blogs, uh, whether you're following them by RSS feed or some other means – I'd rather just read that really, really interesting post, even if it comes infrequently, even if I just have to come in once every other month. If it's something worth my 10 minutes of time, that's far more interesting than having to skim through lots and lots of daily posts where I know that there's a there's a diamond maybe hiding somewhere in there, but I'm the one who's got to go find it. Right. Through all of the through all the junk posts, people just posting for the sake of posting. It's it's the boy who cried wolf. You know, we get tired of it, so we miss the things that are really important. Right, and and, and that's the you know when you go back to that storytelling model, uh, the challenge is what's the next chapter and, and and what makes sense logically. Not we're just going to fill two hundred pages of this storybook, and when we get to when we get to page two hundred, we're done. That's that's a terrible approach. The the better approach is okay. What's the next logical thing that we should talk about that people are interested in? What's what's a good uh, narrative about the people who are building this stuff, the, our customers, uh, questions that come up, some of our, our worst mistakes, some of our best or luckiest finds and discoveries? Uh, because those are the things that could potentially engage people who have either never heard of you or know about you but want to know more about what you do and bringing, bringing them into the fold. Great. 
Well, we are at the bottom of the hour, so we're going to go ahead and take our break. And when we come back, let's talk about one of the premises that you have that is how to tell a story in 10,000 tweets and 200 blog posts. So let's talk about that when we come back. Okay. Thank you for being a friend. Listening to Mile High Radio, MileHighRadio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure. Parenting is a rewarding experience that comes with challenges. Every parent experiences moments when they are overwhelmed or frustrated. Families First wants you to know you are not alone. Colorado parents can call 1-800-CHILDREN for answers, resources, and support. This free confidential support line can be the difference between struggling alone and finding the support you need to strengthen your family. Call 1-800-CHILDREN or visit www.familiesfirstcolorado.org. As a small business owner, there's one word that you absolutely dread, payroll. For small businesses, it's a big burden. You may think you're saving time and money doing it yourself. But come on, are you? Timesheets, processing checks, calculating taxes, a total waste of your time. Paychecks simplifies payroll processing, saving you time and money. Submit your payroll online, fax it in, or call your dedicated Paychecks payroll specialist. And you're done. Learn more at trypaychecks.com. Come on, do the math. The IRS dishes out 8 million penalties a year. Make one mistake and you're on the hook. On average, you're losing nearly one business day every month doing payroll. That's time and money you'll never get back. Unless you get paychecks. More than half a million small businesses already do. Call 877-278-5679. Trade payroll pressure for peace of mind. Call now, 877-278-5679. That's 877-278-5679. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant. Welcome back. I am Deb Creer. I am the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And before we jump back in, I want to uh, mention that today is National Nurses Day, and got to send a lot of love out to all the nurses and the uh, uh, people in my family that give uh, care to people, you know, that's just such an important thing. And we also wanted to give a little program note. Uh, one of our uh, other programs here on Mile High Radio is Rescue Health Radio, and it is now going to follow my program a- an hour later. So you'll be sure to tune into that. And as I said, give a shout out to those nurses and uh, in your life and give them lots of hugs and show them that, that you appreciate them. So with me today, welcome back, Wade Kwan. Wade. Yes. Great, great. Well, first and foremost, before we uh, start talking about uh, how to do uh, telling a story, tell people how they contact you. They can contact me on Twitter at Wade on Tweets, 
or they can email me at wade at wadequan, W-A-D-E-K-W-O-N dot com. Any question you send me, I will answer. I promise you, if it has to do with communications, I love taking on questions about blogging, social media, press releases, public speaking. Just throw me questions, and I will answer them in a in a reasonable time period. Great. Perfect. Well, we'll you know at the end of the hour, we'll give your contact information again so that people can make sure that they get it. Mm-hmm. Right before the break, we talked about you know let's let's discuss how to tell a story in ten thousand tweets and two hundred blog posts. And I'm sure many people listening just thought, "Holy cow! How on <laughs> earth do we do that?" So go ahead and and tell us. Well, I decided I'd present it in the most challenging way possible <laughs> because that's essentially what you're going to do. But you're going to do that over the course of one year or two years. You're going to do it over the course of, uh, you know, 20,000 hours of, of working time or 2,000 hours of working time. And, and you may not be doing it alone. You may be doing it with uh, colleagues and, and, and salespeople and research and development people and marketing people and so on. So when I say, okay, you're going to have 10,000 tweets, tell your story, go. What I'm saying is think about it for the long term. Think about how you want to connect to people and so that on May 6, 2014, where do you want to be with them? What kind of impression do you want to have left with people? Because they're not going to read all 10,000 tweets. They might see a couple hundred of them if they're really, really engaged. So are you consistent in telling your story? Are you interesting in telling your story? When they see those 200 tweets out of 10,000, are they getting enough of the story that they're either curious to find out more or ready to take action. It is the time to start planning through an editorial calendar, through divvying up responsibilities, through figuring out what high points do you want to hit in your story? What are the triumphs that you want to share? Uh, who are the people you want to highlight and so on? Uh, the, the meta example that I'll share is in the, the, the conference that's coming up for me Y'all Connect, which is July 23rd in Birmingham, is going to talk about this storytelling, and it's going to talk about it over the long haul. But in order to get it to you and to everyone else, I had to think about at the beginning, okay, I've got a blog, I've got a Twitter feed, I've got a Facebook page. What's the story of this conference, and how am I going to share it, and in what order am, am I going to share it in? For me, it's not as difficult as it used to be because... I've been doing this throughout my career in journalism and throughout my career in blogging and consulting. I looked at what does this conference mean to me? What do I want it to mean to other people? You know, what do I want them to do once they hear the story? Well, I'd like them to at least check out the site, yallconnect.com, just to find out more about the speakers and, and uh, where it's taking place and, and what's going on throughout the conference in terms of parties and book signings and so on, and get let them get a feel for what am I getting out of it? Because that, in the end, that's what all your customers are going to ask. What's in it for me? What do I get out of it? Right. And, you know, I, I will share that I am attending this conference. I'm looking forward to it. In particular, because of who some of the speakers are, I just thought, you know, this is, is going to be a phenomenal type of presentation. But looking at the website, which again is yallconnect.com, it talks about who should attend, what they should expect. You talk about the speakers. You've got all of this very detailed information in here so that when somebody goes to the, the page, they realize why they should or, you know, maybe for some people it's not going to be what, what works for them, but they really they know what's going to happen there. Exactly. And even if they don't attend the conference, 
I want them to at least get something out of visiting the site because mm-hmm. I do talk about social media directly. I do talk about corporate storytelling directly. And I do talk about blogging directly. And, and I also go and look at, you know, we have these wonderful speakers from Peter Shankman to Shelley Kramer to Nicole Kelly to Matt Collier. They all have wonderful stories to tell about their work in marketing, in terms of branding and connecting with fans for, for, for their clients, for their companies. And it's really easy to share their stuff because it already exists out there. They've done it through their own YouTube videos. They've done it through their own podcast. They've done it through their own blog posts. And for me, I just go and find them and link to them and, and share maybe just a little excerpt so that way you know what you're getting out of it. But, but this helps show off what wonderful storytellers they are, uh, uh, what great information that they have to share with attendees so that when you come to the conference on July 23rd and when you walk away, you've got better tools in your toolkit to tell your company's story. Because if, if you don't come away with that stuff, we've wasted your time, and we're absolutely not going to do that. We're going to make sure that you become a better storyteller for your brand, for your company, for yourself. Well, and I think what's so important for any storyteller is to realize that, you know, these, these speakers at this conference, which, you know, as you mentioned, these are some really big name speakers here. They didn't start out being fabulous at telling stories. They had to learn how to do it and perfect their craft. And probably most importantly, they're still learning on, you know, what to do, what to say, how to reach out to people. Probably the most unexpected speaker for people who are not from Birmingham is a man named James Spann. He is a weather forecaster, a meteorologist at a TV station in town. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he started out like many broadcasters. He started out on some no-name radio station in college and, you know, kind of just snuck in the door and started doing his thing and then eventually migrated to TV and started doing reporting and weather forecasting and, and moving up the ranks. Mm-hmm. And in Birmingham, for those not familiar, he's very highly regarded for the information he brings uh, for weather-related uh, disasters and, and emergencies and so on. But what people don't necessarily know, even those who live here, is that he is a wonderful storyteller, and it's because he understands his audience on TV, he understands his audience live in person, and he understands his ever-growing army of followers on Twitter and Facebook and Google Plus and YouTube and his own site. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he, tells this, he tells this rich narrative of life in Alabama, of the conditions we face here, of how we help each other during times of emergency, and even just simple sharing of uh, his favorite thing to do is just share photos of sunrises and sunsets from his fans all across Alabama and I think he, I think he called it uh, something like free Prozac because it's so <laughs> calming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know how much junk you have to read on your friends' Facebook walls and Twitter feeds. Mm-hmm. And here's just this nice set of photos uh, that show the beauty of the land around us. But he's someone who really gets it when it comes to this is a story I want to share, and this is how I'm going to share it over time uh, through blogging and through social media. Well, and he's a fabulous example of someone who you might not really expect to be a storyteller as an absolute fabulous storyteller. He's delightful. I mean, we are so lucky to have him because he's extremely busy. But I've seen him speak a couple of times before. And typically, you know, audiences ask him to talk about 
what's it like to be on TV and talk about severe weather and how we can be better prepared for it. Sometimes he doesn't get a chance to kind of geek out and talk about technology and social media and interaction, but he's so far ahead of the curve, people will be blown away at what uh, some would just consider a TV personality can tell them about their own social media tools and how they can use them better. We all like to use the excuse that it just takes too much time to write the blog post. It takes just too much time to answer all the tweets and to come up with new ones. And and he just kind of blows that out of the water because he's he, he does all of that on his own. He doesn't have someone helping him with it. And, of course, he has to be on TV, you know, several times a day and on the radio and preparing to be on TV and on the radio. Well, and... One of the things that, that I love about your website for the conference is you've got the ways to connect with all of these speakers in advance. You know, you've got their websites, you've got their, their Twitter IDs, LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, however they, they wish to be connected. And to me, that's a, a great tip for people going to a conference is see if you can, can connect with the speakers in advance. I think it's fair game because you know, it's like kicking the tires. You want to try it before you buy it. If mm-hmm. these are speakers who are going to tell you how to engage an audience and none of them engage you after you ask them a simple question, that tells you all you need to know. But right. I know, I know these speakers. I've talked to them. I've met some of them. I've heard some of them speak. They're really personable. Uh, they're not about ego. They're about helping people, helping companies do their jobs better because we all know it's challenging. We all know it takes time. It might take money. Uh, and there are multiple, multiple ways to fail. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are afraid of failing in social media, fa- afraid of failing in blogging because uh, it's public. You know, if you send out a newsletter by mail with a typo, yeah, the people who get the newsletter might pick up on it. But it's not as public as if you posted it online and everybody can point to it and laugh. Uh, and, and that's the risk of social media every single day is you're going to send out something that has a bad link or bad information or you send it out at the wrong time and, and it might rub people the wrong way. And, and these speakers, these marketing experts are going to show you how to get over that fear, uh, even though we're all going to make mistakes. They're not going to show us how to be mistake proof because it's impossible, but they are going to show how to move past it and continue to engage that audience, even though you show that you are, at best, a human being. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, one of the things about your conference that you mentioned is it takes place in Birmingham, and you're very well known for how you have promoted Birmingham. So tell us a little bit about Birmingham and, and what you have done to promote it as a city through Twitter and through blogging and, and things like that. Birmingham is my hometown. I grew up here. I'm extremely proud to be from Birmingham. I was just up at a conference in Nashville over the weekend, and uh, I was just happy to be there just because I wasn't sure how many people were coming from Birmingham, but I like to represent my city at other conferences and not just talk about what I do for a living, but just talking about uh, where I come from and why it's an exciting place to be. The, 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 the most interesting thing has happened this year, which is uh, Birmingham is in the middle of a major push to bring in tourists, to bring in visitors, uh, to show off what we have in the city. One of those things, uh, which is really interesting, is uh, this marks the 50th anniversary of the civil rights activities of 1963, a mm-hmm. very important year in the movement. Uh, those uh, commemorative 
uh, events, activities all around town have gotten so much attention that on the very first day of this year, the Today Show uh, uh, had a travel site that picked Birmingham as one of the top six destinations in the world for travel this year. Wow. Uh, so in having the conference this year, uh, trust me, I did not plan it out this way. I just got <laughs> lucky that it coincided with all of this. But the, uh, a lot of people outside of Birmingham are now starting to discover uh, what is here beyond just what they might think is here, what they might have heard of. Uh, the historic op- uh, this historic offerings are one facet of it. Uh, the other facet in terms of this conference is I'd like to show off all of the great minds in social media here, all of the great minds in technology and blogging here. We've had other conferences here in the past. Some have focused on WordPress, like our own WordCamp. We've had BarCamp. We've had Ignite events. We've had TEDx events. We've had uh, another blogging social media conference four years ago. And what's been consistent about all of those events is it's brought in people from outside of Birmingham, outside of Alabama. And when I talk to the people who come here who've driven 300 miles to be here and they may have stayed overnight, they may have had a chance to eat out, what I find out is they really love what they've seen and they plan to come back because they don't have time during that trip, but they're going to spend their vacation time back in Birmingham to look at our new ballpark, for the Birmingham Barons, they're going to come back to look at uh, the different hiking options, the different museums, uh, the fantastic restaurants. Uh, we were just looking at, uh, I think, the James Beard Awards uh, either finished their nomination or their awards process. And, you know, uh, a, a restaurant and a local publication were both in the running for James Beard Awards. Nice. So in terms of food, uh, I think we're unparalleled. With all apologies to Atlanta and other cities... <laughs> Uh, I have to say that there's an amazing array of food here, and we want to spoil our attendees rotten in terms of hospitality and, and showing off uh, a city that they should take a, a, a nice look at. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it because I've never been to Birmingham, and you know, I, I did. I'm planning to come a little bit early, stay a little bit later, but it looks like I'm definitely going to, to have to make it back. Um, so that, that's going to be so much fun to attend the YallConnect.com conference. So, again, that's YallConnect.com. And the re- reason I wanted um, – you can have these different interests that you're out there talking about to kind of make you a well-rounded person to people. Yeah, I mean, when you go and look at the different op- opportunities out there, uh, you no longer have to be siloed. You can you can expand your interests uh, beyond just what you're in because we have this unlimited access to information. We have this unlimited access to people who know what they're talking about. We have unlimited access to ask questions and and to grow and to learn. You know, and and I think it's important for people, you know, to to realize. We don't care about only their business. You know, I want to know these extra little tidbits about people because then it does help me to decide sometimes who I'm going to do business with. You know, we've, we've got something in common. Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, we're always internally focused. And, and so the better we are at reaching out to people, the better we are at drawing them out and asking about them, the easier it is to make that connection because the world is full of strangers but it doesn't have to be that way.
Okay, we're having some technical difficulties with Skype, although I can hear somebody typing, so I think it's Wade. Wade, are you still there? I'm still here. Okay, we have somehow lost Deb. Uh, just got a, uh, a message from Skype saying that they apologize. Uh, so, Deb, if you can hear us, you need to call back in and see if we can get you reconnected, and uh, we'll be good. In the meantime, tell you what I'm going to do. We're going to uh, take an official break right now, and uh, everybody sit tight. Hopefully, when we get back, Deb will be with us, and uh, we'll be good to go. So don't go away. We're not done. Silver Eagle, Lonely Road Was on my way to Mobile For a big New Year's Eve show Stop for just a minute See a friend outside of town With my collar up, I found his name Felt the wind die down All right, we're still waiting for Deb, but you know what? We do have Wade, and I'm so Wade, go ahead and uh, tell us what's going on. Sure. Well, uh, where we left off, uh, as far as I can tell, is we were talking about Birmingham as the conference site, and, and the thing about the conference and here in Birmingham is uh, I want to show off Birmingham as a tech, technology leader, but I just want to show it off because I'm a proud hometown citizen, uh, uh, born and raised here. You know, Birmingham gets knocked around sometimes, and the fact that we're getting now called out as a destination for tourists and a destination for foodies just uh, warms my heart because it shows off what I and other people who live here already know. And when people come to the conference, they'll get a chance to meet the speakers. They'll get a chance to relax and enjoy our hospitality. They'll get a chance to walk around and enjoy the shopping and the dining uh, downtown Birmingham. Uh, and, and I want them to come away with a great impression of who we are and what we have to offer because – we definitely want companies to come here with their questions about corporate storytelling, about blogging, about social media, uh, so that uh, if they need help, they may decide that once they have all the information, they can do it on their own. But if they need help, there are the people on stage, the speakers who can help them. There are people here in Birmingham in terms of consultants like myself, uh, companies, ad agencies, and so on that can fill that void in terms of helping with their websites, helping with their social media channels, helping with their content management, helping with their content marketing, helping with their email marketing, and so on. So if if the uh, listeners today will stop by yallconnect.com, they can find out more about the conference, uh, the speakers. Again, I mentioned a few of them, but also Whitney Bro, Matt Collier, uh, Andrea Weckerly, uh, uh Eight speakers on the lineup. We're adding a few more. Uh, and, of course, the people who attend, uh, they're getting a lot for their ticket. They're getting the conference. Uh, they're getting two, free, two full meals plus a snack plus two parties plus a copy of Matt Collier's new book if they're within the first 100. But our focus is simply on learning more about corporate storytelling. Companies have blogs. They have Facebook pages. They have Twitter accounts. But if they're not certain how to use them best to engage people, uh, these very engaging speakers are going to give them great ideas and a roadmap on how to get from here to there. 
one thing that I wanted to follow up on that Deb had mentioned at the uh, bottom of the hour, which is simply that uh, I wanted to give a shout out to my favorite nurses, uh, Patty and Anne, and happy Nurses Day to them just because uh, I love what they do. And uh, they, they're they incredible professionals and they do it with such care and uh, such uh, uh, great experience. Well, I'm back. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you know, you got to love technology, and I love the fact that you guys just carried on without me. I should have known there was going to be a problem when I saw the Comcast truck driving around the neighborhood. Um, my entire uh, <laughs> Internet just went perfluff on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, thank you so much, as I, you know, as I just said, for carrying on without me. It sounds like you've been talking about the conference, and I am so looking forward to being able to attend. You've got such great speakers. We're looking forward to having you and everyone else. Great. Well, one last time, actually not one last time, because we still do have a, a little bit of time to, to go. Tell people again, you know, why they need to be a corporate storyteller. What's so important about that? We are moving away from traditional forms of marketing. Uh, I believe that advertising still will be a part of everyone's marketing plan. So if you're continuing, if you're advertising in print or on radio or on television or through direct mail, that I think will still continue to be a part of your marketing efforts. But in order to expand and reach people where they are, we need to understand how to engage them in Facebook on a regular basis. We need to understand how to make best use of our blogs so that we're sharing stuff that people care about and that they'll share with other people. Corporate storytelling is a great way to do that because we are focused on telling a good story about ourselves and our companies that includes fans, includes customers, uh, and shares part of their story as well and, and, and brings them in in a way that just, you know, traditional one-way marketing uh, will not be able to do by capturing their imagination by getting their attention by drawing them in with surprise and suspense and and uh the human drama uh that that takes what could be perceived as a cold brand a cold corporation and humanizes it makes it something that's more accessible to people some uh, something that someone that they want to do business with that they want to get to know better that they want to spend their time and their money with well, and, you know, it's it's something that every business can use. Now, it's interesting because it might not, you know, it, it does on occasion pose questions depending on what your product or your service is. But there are ways to, to change things. You know, I, I saw something online uh, several days ago where someone was asking, can a funeral home have a Facebook page? What would they be talking about? Well, sure, they can have a Facebook page, they can be blogging, they can be doing all of those things, but more than likely they're not talking about, hello, this is our sale of the day on the, you know, great oak <laughs> casket, but they can talk about, you know, the, the fact that they provide these, these family services. They can talk about their employees. You know, getting a profile of the employee would be kind of a cool thing, but it's, it's not something that they should shy away from. You know, uh, they deal with people in their most vulnerable period, vulnerable period in their lives. And I don't want to deal with a stranger at that point. I, right. I have got to take care of arrangements. I've got to tend to my family members. I've got to make sure that everyone knows when the services are. I've got a, a million things that crop up that all have to happen at the same time. And I want someone I trust to make sure that 
the services are handled with dignity, with love, with respect. And it's really difficult for someone like me to just turn it over to a stranger and just hope everything works out. Mm -hmm. This is an opportunity for someone in a very sensitive business to make connections and to show what care they put into it and how they solve problems in a time-sensitive and very, you know, sticky situation uh, and do it with professionalism uh, and with dignity and, and, and with good support. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it just goes to show that any business, whether you're providing a product or a service, probably can tell stories. But it takes practice. It takes maybe looking to see what other people in your industry are doing. You know, that's a great way to learn. You can learn from their mistakes, but you can also learn from the, the positive things that they're doing. Social social media and blogging makes it very easy for all of us to spy on our competitors and to copy <laughs> their best stuff. It also makes it very easy for them to spy on us. So the playing field is absolutely level. But if you're not paying attention to what they're doing, you're you're just hold you're just putting one hand behind your back at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it it really is something that we can explore further. And I'm hoping that we'll have you on after the conference to talk about everything that the people learned there, and maybe hopefully to talk about future conferences that you're having. So one last time, Wade, tell people how they can connect with you. Uh, they can visit the website at yallconnect.com. That has easy ways. to to connect with me, but they can also follow me on Twitter at, at Wade on Tweets, or they can email me at any time at Wade at Wade Kwan, W-A-D-E-K-W-O-N dot com. I'll be happy to answer any of their questions. Great. And I look forward to seeing you at Y'all Connect in July. Once again, remember that it is National Nurses Day. Thank those nurses, those family practitioners, those physicians' assistants, all of those people that are in your life because they really deserve any hug that you can give to them. Um, we will uh, close now. Thank everyone for listening. If you haven't connected with me, why the heck not? It's pretty easy to find me online. Just go to debcreer.com. That's D-E-B. K-R-I-E-R, and you'll find all of my social media links there. I also blog, so you can connect with that. Finally, thank you again, Wade, and look forward to seeing you in in July. Thank you, Deb. I appreciate it. Great. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. Listening to Mile High Radio, MileHighRadio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.